0: This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council.
1: All right. Hi, I'm Tim, and today I'm hosting the Heroic Council. My featured guest today is Councilmember Jeff Gibbard. Uh, some of you may have heard of him, but you probably haven't. Uh, he's <laughs> a very quiet man. Uh, also on the Council today is Parchel Taki uh unfortunately sarah is not going to be able to join us because she's very unreliable and we never can predict whether she's going to show up on any given day um (laughs) that's a joke what is what what is up with sarah today
0: uh she had a loss in the family
1: oh oh, i really regret saying that oh it's even in here in the script sarah's not going to be here joining us today because she's dealing with a loss in her family i'm sorry sarah uh Make sure to tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. where we get together to talk about work and answer your questions. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform on YouTube or join us in our Facebook group. All that info can be found at superheroinstitute.org slash heroic and all links will be in the show notes. Um, uh, Let's get started. That's that. There we go.
0: This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm.
1: Today is October 23rd, 2020. Is it? And, uh, Man, the time's yeah. Just by. yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a and, late start, uh, but here we are. Here for the, uh, what would this be, the fifth decade of the year
0: 2020?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about... Uh, how to pick up your essential set of productivity tools. Um, Our special guest today is Jeff Gibbard. um, And he has been, you know, trying to sell me on these productivity tools for, for as long as I've known him. So I'm- That's legit true. That
0: is totally true. Uh,
1: So I'm just going to jump into these questions, Jeff, if that works for you.
0: Yeah, I'm cool with that, man. Take it away. Uh,
1: I've known for year, I've known you for years. And uh, I know you've been very, um, very passionate about organization and productivity. Um, is this something that you've always been like since before the era of Jeff and Tim? Uh,
0: not at all. Uh, I actually used to be a chaotic mess of a person, um, and I think part of the reason why I'm so obsessed with productivity and organization and things like that is because I know that if left unchecked, my entire being is this like head in the clouds daydreamer about how the world could be an amazing place and. One day will be like, I'll just be off in la la land because that's kind of my natural state of being. It's not really, I'm not really the type that like, I think by, by my very nature is organized. I think by my very nature, I'm very distractible. So, um, I've imposed a lot of these structures on myself as a means of control. Um, so like in, in my early twenties, I was, um, treated with medication for my attention deficit disorder. And then at some point I, uh, well, what happened was, is that Ritalin made me feel like really aggressive, like I wanted to just constantly fight people, uh, which is clearly not healthy, and also not me. I'm like a super cuddly bear. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, I just stopped taking it, and I was like, "All right, fuck it! Like, I'm gonna try and find a way without medication to like deal with this attention deficit thing." And um, that works for some people; doesn't work for others. I tried, and what I found was that um, having more systems and processes was really, really helpful. Um, and then also just being very mindful about my mindset of like when I was being chaotic and trying to impose some form of I guess like intervention um, in my own way of doing things, so that when I started like seeing myself like go off on these wild daydreamy type tangents, I could like kind of catch myself and bring myself back. So no, it's definitely not something. that's always been this way. It's very much a learned behavior, and it, I believe it's very much something that almost anyone can do.
1: Do you mind? Do you mind if I ask you another question just to book on that? And I don't think we're gonna touch back on this later. Yeah. Um, cool but I feel like a lot of people when they're in the phase where they're like, I need to make adjustments in my life to be a more effective person in general. Um, they're usually looking at people who are already like a complete person or have already like, like spent decades working on, you know what I mean? Becoming more productive in general. Um, as somebody who's coming from a space of like, Oh, I'm kind of a, a, like, I have a billion thoughts going on at all times. You know what I mean? I have, I, I'm just like, in some ways, like so, some parts of my life are a little bit of a mess. How how did, were you able to kind of like get that transition and get that like positive feedback loop so you could like like see the, an acceleration and growth in those directions?
0: I think the key is like not to bite off more than you can chew. Like I, I think if you're like trying to go from like zero to hero overnight, it's gonna be really challenging. Whereas instead, like if you just do like one part of your life better and you can build that into a habit that you do, I think that's really like the secret. Like, I, and I think that's the thing. Like when you're looking at people who have any aspect of their life, like quote unquote together, like there's two things to recognize. One, like that didn't happen overnight. It was a process unless it's like a natural ability that someone has. Like that's like the exception to the rule. But typically it's like, this has been a process for wherever somebody got to. In that. So that's the first thing. Second thing is you're also not in a position to be, uh, to see all of the things that they don't have together. Right. So it's like that expression, like to the third grader, the fourth grader is an expert, but like a fourth grader to a high school student is still like, eh, probably still don't know that much. Right. And then like, so on and so forth. And I think that that's the, like, even if we look at like our organization, like if, if, if you compare yourself to me, you're going to feel some kind of way. If I compare myself to like David Allen of like, you know, GTD fame, like I'm a chaotic mess. And my, my mind is like, is like, you know, dryer lint. So, um, you know, I, I just think that like you, you have to recognize that like you don't see the full picture from your vantage point. And then the wherever somebody gets to, it was a process to get there. And then that way, like, hopefully give yourself a lot more patience around it's just just change like one thing and get a little bit better at it. And if you can get like 5% better every year, like the compounding interest of that is going to be incredible.
1: Um, partial, have you like because you're nodding your head there, uh, in general, like what, what is your, your, um, personal experience but when with with productivity especially working in a creative business with like a lot of different clients um, and managing your own marketing et cetera et cetera like what what has mm-hmm. your growth been like there?
2: you know it's interesting i am nodding my head because I think what I'm hearing is like you you, you you take one piece at a time you know and it builds momentum and then once you have the momentum you can start to get the next thing in place and by the time like jeffy said you're maybe 5% better that's so much that, that's so much compounded in that you know um percentage percentages is just it's an incremental increase you know and for me over time i've had to redefine how you know what success meant and success Equivalent to happiness is equivalent to progress, you know, when you're actually moving forward. Like you're a successful person if you are even half of a 1% further, you know, I consider that successful. You have succeeded, you've gone to the next step. And, you know, in my journey has definitely been that. Um, just making like what's the, what's one thing that I can just improve? And that just gives you momentum to know that you can, you know, go after other areas that you want to improve. So uh, I recently heard too, uh, a quote by Maya Angelou, which defines success. She said, the success is liking yourself, liking what you do and liking how you do it. Like changed everything. You know, it's, it's so much more simple than I think we, you know, we make it out to be, you know, comparing ourselves to other people, um, the whole nine, it's just like, what have you done for, you know, within yourself that has given you at least 1% of improvement, you know, and that's successful. 1% or a half of a 1%. That's still success, you know? You're going forward.
1: Yeah, and if yeah. You're wrong with that, sorry, go for it, Jeff.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say that. It's like so, it's so profound and so
0: true though because there's so many people that you meet that are wealthy. They're like, they, they make that their hallmark of like, oh, I've made it or things are going well and they're yeah. like absolutely miserable because they either don't like themselves, they don't like their partner, they don't like what they do, they feel a lack of purpose, whatever it is. And then you meet people who like, they're just happy with whatever it is that they have. And, and I don't know, I, I agree with that degree, that uh, definition of success. And it's actually when when I uh, left the agency world and kind of started my new thing, like that's really what I wanted my definition definition of success to be. Like, do I like what I do? If I like what I do and I'm happy and I can like pay my mortgage, then we're good. I'm happy. Am I setting a good example for my, my daughter? Cool, we're good. You know, like, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. I agree with you.
1: So... Um, in, in that sense, like, what did would you say, like, how do you, how do you frame the concept of productivity? Like, what, what does it mean to you? Like, is it just about getting more stuff done? Like, like what, what, how, how do you view productivity as like, as a part of your life?
0: Yeah. For me, productivity, um, one of the biggest changes in the way I thought about it was when I stopped thinking of myself as some, like, like as human capital, right? Like, like productivity is like a unit that's, that's a unit of measurement essentially in a company. And when you think of it as like, how much are you getting done per unit of time? When you think of it in those terms, like it's very dehumanizing and I never really appreciated or, or, um, that definition or or way of looking at never really sat well with me. So like getting more done can't just be the point. And this is kind of back to Parshall's point about like, what is your life and success I think there has to be an element of prioritization in there about like how do the things that you're doing, how important are they and how important are they in service of like this bigger thing that you're trying to do? So like, I'm not just trying to get stuff done so I can check off more boxes because I could break down a big task into many, many smaller steps and I could check off more boxes on my task list. But like, what does that actually accomplish? I think at the end of the day, when you're trying to achieve something, you're trying to be productive in doing it, you have to productive, like one of the root, pieces of that is, is produce, right? Like what are you producing in the world? And I think not all units of production and all deliverables are equal. So I'm I tend to in my work and productivity and focusing on myself and being more productive, I try to, it's I still have the same number of hours. I'm still trying to produce about the same amount of output, but I'm trying to care more about the out what the things I'm outputting is or are, however you should say that. Um and and I'm uh, you know I'm even Uh, setting my schedule in such a way where I'm technically working less total hours. I want to have more free time in my life. And part of what makes me feel good about my productivity is whether or not I'm able to manage and fit all of the things that are important to me in the schedule I have and still have time for the, the other things in my life that are not work related. So I hope that that all made sense. It's not just about getting stuff done. It's about what you're getting done how you're getting it done, why you're getting it done. I think once you put all that in then what you're getting done and how much of it becomes contextualized within a bigger
1: idea. So would you say it's kind of like productivity ends up being a tool to help you end up living your life and and kind of getting back as much hours as you can so you can legitimately create the life that you actually want? Is that
0: Yeah, I would I would I wouldn't say it's necessarily a tool. I would say it's a measurement. It's a it, but the way like what you choose to measure in that. It's like if you were to measure like website performance, right? Like you could look at clicks. You could look at conversions. You could look at new visitors versus returning visitors. You could look at device type. Like you can look at anything you want and determine what your success is. I would kind of think of productivity almost like web analytics. It's like what you're, what are you choosing to look at? And what I tend to try and choose to look at in my work of productivity is just stuff that matters to me in my soul. You know what I mean? Like that the work I do matters and that the output I'm putting out there helps people, makes the world a better place. So, um, so I would say it's, it's the thing that you measure, you use tools and use processes and you measure them by way of like productivity as a general measure of how well you do that. But you want to get to a certain place. And I think for me, the focus on where I'm getting is probably one of the most critical parts of why I structure everything the way I do.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So now um, I guess then we're going to dig a little bit into the tools that help you make like improve those that output. Um, yeah. And uh, so um, do you want to just get into it? And uh, what, what are some of the tools that you've been uh, working with um, to get things done?
0: Yeah. So I use a lot of different tools and I I would kind of um, put them into a bunch of different categories that I think is helpful because I I think to a certain extent, there are tools that like you just can't avoid, like you have to use them, right? So like email is a good example. Like you cannot get away from email. I mean, you technically could do anything you want, but it would make life very, very difficult, right? Like, so email is a communication slash productivity tool. It's hard to produce things and get things done if you can't communicate with the people you're working with, right? So email is one of those tools that's in that kind of like bucket of, cannot avoid productivity tools, but then there's productivity tools that, um, you know, you, you can or cannot use, right? So for instance, what are you going to be working on today? You could write a to-do list or you could use something like Asana or to doist or monday.com or something like that, right? So you could use a task list tool or you can use a, a handwritten, you know sheet of paper that has all of your things to do for the you can also incorporate your tasks into other tools and you can just use your calendar so the point is is that the what you choose to kind of keep track of everything that you have doing, there's no one tool that works there whereas like there is no replacement for email it's not like you can use smoke signals or carrier pigeons to replace that people use email but on the sort of you can develop your own system, I would say there's a handful of things there's calendars there's task list there's um there's notes. So like where you put like your notes in your notebooks, things like that. Uh, there's, I, I would, there's a whole category of things that I would call thinking tools that we can get into. Uh, there's your storage, like where do you put stuff and how do you have that organized? Like what's your methodology for that? Um, you know, like um, I actually, I guess I would, yeah, yeah, I guess I would call that storage. And then there's outsourced memory. I would, so outsourced memory is like, there's all this stuff you have to remember where does that go? And I think I first got turned on to that back in like 2008 when I discovered Evernote. I think it was back in 2008 when I first discovered Evernote. And the whole idea, they had, their, they had an elephant as the logo. And that for me was like, never forget, right? And that was kind of their tagline for a while. So I started to think more around like, okay, I don't actually have to remember everything in my head. I can out, I think that's the purpose of tools, right? Is to get the things out of your head where it's a big cluttered mess and put them into a trusted system so that you can then go and analyze it. Um, and the more you use that, I find that the easier my life gets, the more that I outsource remembering stuff to systems and instead just use those systems as like my action lists by storing everything there and then organizing it and then working from it. Um, and then I guess the, the kind of like final other category is like, is like other, right? Like, so things like, um, you know, like for instance, when my wife and I, uh, travel, she uses Tripadvisor. I tend to use Google maps and we use them to find places we want to eat, things we want to do, and we like save those things. So then when somebody comes back to us and they're like, "Oh, you went to Kyoto. Like what did you like to do in Kyoto?" We don't have to be like, "Uh, what was the name of that place?" and this like we're like, "Here's the map." So it's sort of like the clippings and things like that. So and and I guess that's sort of under outsourced memory, but I put it in the other category. Mm-hmm. So anyway, to to kind of like To recap, it's like you have the email, you have the calendar, you have the task list, you have notes, you have your clippings or, um, you know, saved stuff, you have your storage, and then you have kind of like other miscellaneous stuff. And the more you can use those tools, the more on point I think you can be and take it from me because I used to be a chaotic mess.
1: I really like uh, the concept of outsource memory. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about these tools for forever. And for some reason, just you saying outsource memory, just like it's like, I should. Uh, I, I made me anxious about not updating my to do list today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, what's your favorite productivity tool?
0: Um, if I had to pick one, it's tough because there's like what's the most useful versus what's my favorite. Um, I guess my favorite would probably be Notion because it's just such an all in one everything tool. Um, the probably the most, it's tough to say what's the most useful, but like I've been a, um, I've gone through so many different task list tools. Like I've used, I started with um, like just a normal checklist. Then I went to Remember the Milk. After Remember the Milk, I went to Flow. After Flow, I went to Asana. After Asana, I went to Todoist. In between those, I tried out GTD. I tried all these different things, but the task list is sort of like my home base. That's that's where everything. Ultimately, that needs to get done winds up living. Whereas Notion, for instance, is less about keeping track of tasks and it's more about keeping track of information. So it's where I go to kind of outsource my memory. It's where I remember like how often do I have to change my oil in my car. Uh, It's where I go to find out like what was the deed on my. my
1: Wait, so is the task list a piece of software, or are you just saying it as an overall concept?
0: I'm saying as an overall concept. I would say my (laughs) favorite task list used to be Asana, and I. I've since no 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 so my task list I've since moved from Asana to Todoist. Okay, my gotcha. favorite overall tool would be Notion because it's just so it's the everything tool. Got and on. you could use it for task management, I just don't think it's ideal for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh so your overall tool is Asana. I uh, sorry, your overall tool is Notion. Your favorite task list is Todoist. Um and uh uh cuz you turned me on to both both those pieces of so- productivity software in general. Um, Because I remember uh, Jeff at the time had been shifting pretty rapidly between software and I'm kind of a slow adopter. So uh, there was a period where Jeff was pushing a Notion, but he had been pushing a lot of other software like right before that. So at first I was like, I don't know, there's another piece of software coming from Jeff. And then at some point, Jeff practically put together like a PowerPoint presentation on why me and another one of our mutual friends should switch to Notion for uh, all of our productivity options. And I'm, and it, this may have been like two years ago at this point. And it just now, like I literally wrote a, a shot list um, a storyboard on, uh, on Notion. And I'm just starting to have it be like the most integral part of all of my productivity tools that I've been using. Um, so as far as like going through the, your list of productivity tools, um, uh, how, what's the best way do you think to kick this off? How do you wanna go through this?
0: So I guess if, if we want to make it the most useful for people, um, I think just kind of high level going through each of the different tools and I guess what to look for in each or how I go about selecting them, that sort of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. because I, you know, we could, we could spend all day just talking about task management and like how that works. Um, but I think we'll be most helpful in terms of like, how do you select a tool? I think it's, it's understanding like, what are the things that help to make you productive using those tools? Um, and I, I think there's some like high level criteria there, right? Like I think automation is one thing. If you can find tools that have a lot of automation, that's great. If you can find tools that have keyboard shortcuts, I know not everybody uses them, but like one of the things that I found has saved me so much time is finding keyboard shortcuts for every application I use. Um, I use a, a program called text expander and one called cheat sheet, and both of them allow me to very quickly using keywords, just fill in large blocks of text. So, for instance, if somebody um, is like, "Hey, send me over your bio," I just type semicolon bio in an email back to them, and it fills in my bio. So, things like that save me a ton of time. Like, I think I wrote a post that, like, over the, over like a two month stretch, I think I saved like eight or nine total hours just by using Text Expander. So, my point is, like, at the highest level, like from a from a framework standpoint, look for automation. Look for um, um, what was I, I said automation is one. What was the other one? Uh, I'm brain farting at the moment. Um automation and yeah, this is live. I know, I know. How do you do that? <laughs> I did it too. I got so wrapped up in in my own little shtick there. Um yeah, anyway, you get my point. Look for automation and like time saving tips.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh wait, it wasn't short uh, it wasn't keyboard shortcuts, was it?
0: Uh, oh, yes. Keyboard shortcuts. There we go. Which is kind of like an automation, like using keyboard. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Keyboard shortcuts and automation. Like those are two things that make things go a lot faster. So like I have keyboard shortcuts for my email. I have keyboard shortcuts when I'm in Todoist. I have keyboard shortcuts inside of Notion. And all of those save me a second here, a second there, a few seconds there. And like the aggregate of that over the course of the year is I'm faster than most people. Um, so, so
1: yeah, go, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, so like, so in terms of like, how do we best approach this? I think going through like each of the different categories very broadly and kind of giving some overall tips about how to use different tools to organize your life and move faster, that might be the best way to do it. Okay, well
1: then what what kind of um, tools should every single person have in their productivity toolbox?
0: So I think the three that everyone needs, like without question, and I'm putting email to the side because everyone just uses it. So there's good ways to use it and bad ways to use it. But I think the three that everyone needs is a task list, calendar, and notes. If you have those three, you're pretty good. Like there's not much else um, that you like technically need. I think there's just other ways to enhance your productivity. Mm-hmm. But essentially your task list is for managing and keeping track of projects. Like what is the overall deliverable and then breaking it down into smaller pieces and assigning time to that and keeping track of accountabilities and and kind of organizing your work in, in a singular place. It's super critical that throughout all of this, and this is the thing that I probably should have put in the framework. So there's automation, keyboard shortcuts. And then the third thing is only use one tool for each of these things. One of the things that I see people do and I've done in the past is have like multiple places where information is stored. And that immediately just destroys the entire productivity of using a tool in the first place because now you have to remember what tool did I use? So it kind of defeats the purpose. You need one trusted system and this is out of David Allen's GTD methodology is you want a central inbox, right? So if you have some of your tasks and reminders and some inside of Todoist and some in Asana, now you're like, which one do I use for what? So it's super critical, have one tool for each. Um, So for tasks, I use Todoist the reason I use Todoist as opposed to Asana or something else is that one, it's super fast. I like speed. Uh, and two, they actually adhere to the uh, David Allen GTD methodology, which is the, where everything comes into a centralized inbox. Then you apply your context and it sorts it into its different places. So hmm. types, you don't have to go through the step of like, what task list does this go on? Great. Now what task list does that go on? So you allow your mind, which if you have a mind like mine, which is just, freaking running at high speed all the time you need to just get all the ideas out of your head without stopping to change directions like you just want clear road ahead of you so you go in your inbox and you're just like everything in my head and then you sort it so that makes it a lot easier so that's one thing i just want to pause on that real quick
1: okay uh i just want to check in with parshall real quick uh parshall how are you doing and do you want to ask any (laughs)
2: questions this time I'm I'm just sucking all this up. I mean, this is a good reminder. Uh, I know for me, I like to write things down and uh, integrating that into this system as well. Like how I can keep one area for, you know, ideas, thoughts, my inbox, and you know, something separate for note taking. It's it's been an interesting journey to try to compile all of these things. But what I love about what I hear behind what you're saying, Jeff, is like you're optimizing your time, like you're honoring your time with this. you know. And I think eventually as time goes on, our time is going to become more and more precious, more and more valuable. So it's like uh, this concept of productivity makes me think of like optimizing my time and then having that to fit how I want to experience my life. Like that's kind of what I hear behind it. Like how can I do that towards that end result? And I think it's beautiful. Like I, I, I want to hear and explore more uh, tools and ways to, to make it just easier. Cause especially too, for me, so like you said, Jeff, like if your mind is always going and I hate to keep to do's just roaming around in my mind because I'm mm-hmm. concerned I'm going to forget it, whether that's for a client or for a really great idea, it fre- freaks me out to think that I would forget something cause I hate forgetting <laughs> or something that came across. So now even with that, I'm like, Oh, I know where to go to put that idea and it's now I can be back at peace, you know, <laughs> in my head, like that's yeah. how it feels for me. So, um, I, I love this, this topic of productivity. It's, it's everything.
0: Awesome. And you actually just made me think of something that, um, uh, that I didn't mention earlier, but that's related to this is that I think, and this, I think goes back again to the frameworks, right? So you've got automation, keyboard shortcuts, Um, And then I I think another one to add to the list, and I had another one before that that I'm not just going to try and remember, but uh, another one to add to it is that whatever tool you're using, you should have the ability to segment out priorities or some way to denote things that are priorities. So like in Todoist, I can add a tag for now, and that means this is my highest priority. They also have flags. Inside Notion, I can create a dashboard that has all of my top important things. So whatever you're using in service of like, again, honoring your time you can only honor your time if you're working towards the things that are important to you. You can only do that if you can set aside your priorities from the giant list of stuff. So, um, so there's that. And then in terms of capturing stuff, I have a bunch of different like little widgety type utilities that allow me to actually make sure I never do lose anything. So, like on my home screen. Um, I have two widgets. One is so that I can immediately add a task to a, to uh, Todoist. And then another is so that I can immediately take a task and I can dictate my note and idea. And that'll just show up right on my computer. So if I have an idea for a blog post and I'm walking the dog, I don't have to like stop and be like, relax, Emma, and then start typing it. I just bust it out, hit a button, start talking to my phone, and it's on my computer by the time I get back. So a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff is, I think, super important. Like the more you can have a centralized place, make it easy to get the information in there, and stop yourself from being able to lose it by having a good capture device, you're honoring your time and you're able to work on things that are important.
1: Um, Jeff, I actually have a question specifically around that and centralization. Uh, So one of the problems that I run into periodically is um, my clients tend to use different pieces of software for different aspects of their productivity management. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I'm working on them, I end up like being put in a position where I need to use some of their productivity tools because they're delegating through it or like where are we storing all our content? You know what I mean? Like is it Dropbox? Is it Google Drive? Um, Do you have any specific feedback that you could give for people who are kind of like stuck in maybe one of those situations where like their productivity tools end up being delegated by whoever they're working with, whether they're at a company or they're working for themselves or something along those lines?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I've totally been there. Um, one of the things that I've done as an individual and not everybody has this luxury, but I figure it's worth stating is I'm very rigid about how I work. So I just tell my clients, no, like, this is how I work. You want the best out of me. This is what I use. But some cases you don't have that luxury, right? Like, and there are times where I have a client where like, I don't have that luxury. I like, I have an email address with one of my clients, uh, because I'm like, you know, on their team for these projects, I have an email address. I don't want to check another email address. But that's part of the way that they work. So it is what it is. So what I would say is sort of like the penultimate thing that, that overrides all of it is that process is greater than tools. So it's less important what tool you use, even if it's like whatever tool they use doesn't matter. It's more important that you're still able to adhere to your productivity process. Because I believe that productivity is more of a process than it is a tool. And mm-hmm. the reason that I select the tools that I do is because it works with my process. So in the event that I'm given a tool that doesn't work with my process... I tend to have a habit of figuring out ways to hack that tool to make it work in ways that fit my process. As as a real good example, right? So uh, time tracking software. So I'd used Harvest for a number of different years. And one of the things about Harvest is you can set all of these different tasks that you set as like, I'm working on this and then you set the task. Well, inside of Clockify, which is what I now use, tasks don't work that way. Like basically the task doesn't get stored like that. It's kind of like an actual task, like a task list. So instead I now use the tags to denote what type of task I'm working on. So you just have to look at like, what are the different units that I have available within this tool to make it work the way that I want it to work? And again, I think some of the big principles are like, you look for, you know, what kind of automation does it have? Are there any keyboard shortcuts? Do I have the ability to have one centralized inbox? Can I prioritize the things that are important to me uh, and set them aside? So like you look for these sorts of things and then if they want you to use it in a particular way, like sometimes you just kind of have to eat it and you do it the way that they want. But if you're, if you have the ability to, and then I guess your final option is just like copy out of their system into your own system, manage it on your side and then put it back in. It's, It's not a particularly productive process but you may find that you actually get more speed and clarity by using your own system for it. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah. Sorry. Um, I was having trouble. Um, I have construction going on for the next, I don't know how long, so i between.
0: All right. Got it.
1: You guys um, want to
2: shift and talk about what apps you're into right now, or was there a final thought that you guys wanted to hit?
0: Um I think there's a couple other things I just want to make sure that I get through in terms of like the actual Okay. Tool. So uh I want to hit a couple tools on this. Um and then I think from there we'll have a, a pretty good we'll have a pretty good body of work uh in this. So nice. I just want a quick run through the different uh tools that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So one task list, huge fan of Todoist. It's really, really fast. Uh, it's got the centralized inbox. It's very easy to uh, assign things. What I really like is that on the desktop app, you can assign a keyboard shortcut. So if you have Todoist running, no matter what app you're in, if you press the keyboard shortcut, it'll bring up a task window. This is super helpful if you're on a call with a client or you're on, a, you know, you're doing anything and you're like, oh, idea. You just hit that button, pops up and you're able to like throw in the task. Um, if you're not into Todoist, let's say you're using Asana, one of my biggest recommendations is to create a task list called Inbox, put all of your tasks in there, and then that's where you um, you know, assign it to different projects and do things like that. I would also encourage setting up a Kanban board called GTD, where you have a next, now, and done column, and you use that for tracking priorities and moving them through that process. And you can actually tag tasks in Asana to multiple projects, so that's how I use that. Some people use monday.com or Airtable. I hate both of them. Um, and then there's reminders on your iPhone if you really just want to keep it simple. Um, so that's the task list. Main thing is, again, one inbox. Get out as fast as you can. Look for the tools that bring speed. Todoist is really great for that. Calendar. I love Gcal. I think Google Calendar is like one of the most amazing things ever. It's integrated with everything. Uh, I use Calendly so people can schedule themselves. I don't got to go back and forth. That saves me time. It honors my time. Instead of going, well, were you available on Monday? Well, I'm available on Tuesday. Like, I hate that nonsense. Uh, so I use GCal. I think it's really great. I have multiple calendars. I use block scheduling, which I've written extensively about so people can check that out. Uh, if you use Outlook, main thing I would just recommend is make sure that you have multiple calendars for different things. Uh, notes, love Notion. I think Notion is the greatest program of all time. Uh, th- that would be an entire episode if we talked about that. But there's another app that's available for iOS. Uh, I don't know if I've told, I, Tim, I think I've told you about this. Parshall, I don't know if I told you about this, but there's an app called Drafts, And drafts allows you to dictate directly to your phone, your iPad, um, and it'll dictate your text as you're talking. So I've actually written full blog posts. Like, I have a 15,000-word blog post on social media strategy. The whole thing was dictated. And then I went in and I just cleaned it up. But in terms of, like, saving you time, I don't know how fast you guys type. I probably type around 40 to 55 words a minute. Like, I'm not a great typist. But I can talk somewhere on the order of 180 to 250 words a minute if I go fast. So think about how that like immediately increases the speed of putting together content. So it's a really, really helpful uh, app. You can actually put um, um, a little widget on your homepage uh, so that you can just basically immediately start a draft uh, and then some people like Evernote uh, in email. I'm a huge fan of Gmail because of the filters. Outlook, same thing. But try to have as much of your email sorting as possible. And then here's my real key. This one like is super critical and helpful for people. If you have trouble hitting Inbox Zero, like if you're one of those people that has like the little red dot that says like 1,480 uh, as your inbox, like here's my suggestion: go through your inbox and don't don't like reply to anything. Your only job is to go through the inbox star or flag anything that's important, and then archive it. Then after you've cleaned out the inbox, you have an inbox zero, go to your starred items and then reply to all of those and action them. If you can use multiple flags, use multiple flags, like this one's urgent, this one's not, this one's just for my information. But that's a super critical tip and it's the only way I stay on top of my email as poorly as I do.
1: i interrupt for a second because I got a quick question. Yeah. So um, one of the things as far as like categorizing things, like, like levels of urgency, as far as these... <laughs> like let's say you do this in to-do list or in your Gmail or something like that. Um, I'll get done the things that are uh, urgent, but then like I kind of will almost forget about the things that aren't urgent. You know what I mean? So like stuff that's on the top of my to-do list, like I need to do, they get done like everything else that's like secondary. Like I forget to go back to them. Do you have any thoughts on moving things around like that, like, and, and, uh, and and ways to manage those situations? So like things that aren't urgent now, but it might be urgent later and you're just going to forget about them. doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. So this is like a total rabbit hole. We could go down, but I'll give you like my 60 second version of that. If you're using block scheduling and you have sections set on your calendar for like, you know, website cleanup tasks or like brand management. So like you set aside a thing that's kind of like a miscellaneous open for doing things that those sort of non-urgent tasks would fall into, then essentially when you reach that point in your day on your calendar, you assign uh, to your calendar time to work on those non-urgent tasks. So you basically have your urgent tasks, you do them during the time where you're working on clients or whatever it is, but then when you reach that time in your day that you have allocated and set aside for non-urgent tasks, that's when you go back to that task list and look for some of those that you can just get off your plate. And you try to do them as much from top priority order to bottom, right? Right. So maybe, like, you know, mailing, uh, mailing in your voting ballot is top priority, whereas, like, uh, renewing your domain registration that expires in six months is not. So you do it basically top to bottom. You put your most important at the top, and you do it during that time you have allocated on your calendar. So this is where your task list and your calendar and the integration between those two things comes into play. You put everything on your task list, but then you need to set time aside for it on your calendar. So every Monday for me, I spend the first half of Monday, the entire day, Nobody can get a meeting with me at all. It's always it's always locked. I go through, I decide what I need to work on. I put it all on my task list and then I assign it to time on my calendar. So every week I know what my priorities are and that's what I work on getting done. And all that stuff that you're talking about forgetting, I, I have the same thing. I just have time set aside for it on my calendar to work on it. And if for instance, I don't do it because I want to play with my daughter instead, I just move it to the next week because it's not urgent.
1: Gotcha. So it just would be, even if you have this as not a primary priority, you still want to make sure you allocate time for it so it just doesn't fall deeper and deeper into a whole like you know like non-urgent messages in your email.
0: Exactly. And it's up to you like if something's urgent enough to set aside the time for, then you should. If it's yeah. not, then let it languish on your to-do list. Not everything you think of is actionable or necessary or even a good idea. Like I have tons of stupid ideas and tons tons of like different business ideas that I want to and then I'm like, you know what, maybe that's not as important as like I don't know getting through my email or like You know, making dinner. So you you have to just kind of like prioritize based upon what's important to you. Honor your own time, you know? I really like the way that sounds, partial. I'm just going to keep using that. Honor your time.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: I dig it. So the the final things I'll just point out is like tools are um, uh, two things. One, I want to, because Tim, you were like, yay, is outsource memory. And the other is thinking tools. So thinking tools are like, I think mind mapping, having a mind mapping tool is like critical. Because mind mapping is like when you feel, I don't know about you, but I get this feeling where like my head feels like it is like spinning on my head, like, like on my body. It's just spinning because I can't see straight. I'm like, there's so many things to do. But I'm just like this chaotic mess of energy. And the only way I'm able to actually deal with that is I use, I either, if I, if I don't have my mind mapping program in front of me, I'll just use a piece of paper and I'll write a circle and I'll write spinning. And then I just draw lines out of it and I start writing down all the things that are in my head. I just get them all out. And then there are things that are like connected to that. So like I might say like rebuild my website, right? Well, what's associated with that? Well, maybe I need to like uh, resize my logo or maybe I need to like create a cover image for this thing or maybe I need to rewrite a certain page. So I start letting my brain just take me down all of the different rabbit holes and I don't stop until I stop spinning. So basically I just get it all out. So I use a program called Simple Mind, but there's a lot of programs out there. There's draw.io, there's Plectica, there's all these different tools. But I think having a thinking tool, even if it's just a giant notepad and a pen that you really like, is super critical. So that's a big one. Um, final thing is the outsource memory, Tim. This is like critical. I think it's really like a good thing to have. But I use the Notion Web Clipper and I, I have databases in Notion for all sorts of things, right? So instead of using Pocket or like a read later service like Instapaper or whatever, I tag everything into Notion. So I have, an, I have a database called Read Later. So if I find an article I like, instead of having it open in my tabs and cluttering my mind space, I tag it to my Notion database for Read Later. If I find something cool on the internet, this one's super important for you, for both of you, actually. Let's say you find a video that's super dope. You're like, this is really cool. Where do you put it?
2: Yeah. I
0: suggest create a database in Notion, call it swipe file tag it there, and then associate tags with it, associate notes with it, whatever else you want to do with it. But now you have a place at the central repository of awesome stuff you found on the web. If you see um, ads online for things that you want to buy, like Adidas and Puma have my number. As soon as I hit Facebook or Instagram, sneakers. Adidas is especially aggressive that I'm, I'm a little bit upset about it because I keep wanting to buy sneakers. But if I find a pair that I really like, I'll tag it into my wishlist board inside of notion. So I have all these databases of all different things that I save. Um, I'm really diligent about my bookmarks. So like, I'm a huge fan of having different browsers for different types of things. Like, so for instance, I use my Safari for like all of my home stuff. I use Firefox for everything, social media, because I want to respect my own privacy. And then I use Chrome for everything client related. So keeping things in bookmarks, so you don't have to remember where they are. I'm a huge fan of that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the ultimate idea of like using notion, um, as like your kind of catch all outsource memory. I used to use Evernote that works just as well. You can, you can tag things to Evernote and have different notebooks for like, like, I Tim, you'd love this. I have a notebook for my favorite cheeses. So when I eat a cheese, I take a picture of it. I take a picture of the name. I'll take a picture of a description if it's on the label from like DeBruno's or something like that. And then I'll write in there like, did I like it? How much did I like it? I'll give it a star rating. But then that way when I go to DeBruno's, I'm like, I'm in the mood for a sheep milk cheese. I can turn back to my database and be like, these are ones that I like instead of having to remember it. So outsource memory. Huge, huge fan. All of these things I think will make you a lot more productive. Get out of your head into a single system. Make sure you can organize it by priority. And if you have the option to move faster through keyboard shortcuts or automation, do it. That's Jeff, productivity tools and tips. Uh,
1: So I'm going to uh, pass this over to uh, Parshel for a moment um, because I'm having some power issues. Apparently, there's no power coming out of my outlets at the moment and my uh, laptop battery is on um, critical at the moment. So I'm going to turn my camera off for a moment and ask Parshel to tell us about some of her favorite productivity tools. Uh, I will be back shortly. Thank you.
2: All right. So uh, some of my favorite tools uh, definitely are the ones that Jeff, you've mentioned, because especially Todoist, I'm able to just hit a quick uh, button on my keyboard, a little thing populates on the screen, and I can just type in whatever it is really quickly. Um, That's been one of my favorites. Just helped me just to collect it, get it out of my head, and uh, somewhere that I can check later when I have the time. So that's really huge. Um, another thing that I really like, because it goes along with my handy-dandy iPad Pro, is an app called Good Notes, And it's a note-taking app, but it's really good at uh, actually being able to go and search what you have written, which is great. And then you can organize things into notebooks as well. So I've been doing a good job at uh You know, collecting those things, organizing them, and then uh, and then exporting them. So that's that's been helpful because for me, it's something about writing that just uh, sort of gives me life and gets me to that uh, productive, productive and creative mode. So those are the the apps that I'm super into right now: Todoist and Good Notes. And Jeff, what are you into right now? Like, what's your app of choice or apps?
0: Um, it's a good question. Um. See, I You know, I think right now the thing I'm probably most into is um, the widgets on the new iOS 14 because I really Mm. and and just being able to optimize my home screen. I know that this is like super level geek to like be (laughs) obsessed about it, but like how I have my home screen laid out, the different apps, the different um, widgets that I have, all that sort of stuff is like super critical to me maintaining a clear head about what's important to me. Um, so the widgets are super important. I've got one about like my intermittent fasting. I've got one for taking notes. I've got one for putting in tasks. Um, I use a technique where like, um, if you've ever used the Pomodoro technique, um, I, I don't actually do Pomodoros. I just start the Pomodoros and then I just keep working for six hours (laughs) that will set for 20 minutes. And that's like my starting gun. So it's sort of like a little mental hack that I use. Um, but yeah, I would say like, in terms of like. The the I'm just falling more in love with Notion every mm-hmm. every time that I use it I just keep keep going deeper and deeper in love with that uh, and I and again I'm like super in love with Todoist right now because uh, it's the only way I'm staying top of all the things that I have to do and doing it in a productive way so those are probably my biggest ones um, yeah. and actually there's one other that. Um, I don't even really think about this one, but it's one that's going to be super critically valuable for you. Um, it's called ScanBot. So I also like to take notes by writing. So like I'm a huge fan of graph paper legal pads. I'm just a huge fan. And I, I actually buy this uh, this brand called Rhodia. It's like a French paper. It feels like silk. It's incredible. Um, but I'm like super specific about my pen, my paper, and I love drawing out my ideas. I just find mm-hmm. it's a really like, I just have an easier time flowing that way. Right. But if I leave it, if I leave it in paper form, it's just basically useless to me because I will never go back and do anything with it. Whereas if I take that note, as soon as I'm done with it and I scan it, so Scanbot's the app I use for it. It's amazing. Immediately goes right into my uh, Google drive, into a folder. uh, And then I put that into notion. So then if I put it into my, again, my single note taking system, which is not, the, the, the drawing is just another way of getting a note into my single system. So I draw the note, then I scan it, and then I put it into Notion. Now I know where to find it. Now I know where to get it. Now I can reference it, because it's not like I'm going to go back through and draw on it again. And if I am, I'm probably going to draw it from scratch. I don't know. So yeah. I, I find that that's really helpful. And if you just want to make it a simpler process, you can just use Evernote or Notion and just take a picture and scan it right in there. I just like having that like the scanned version of it because it just feels more official.
2: Absolutely. And for me, um, writing it and organizing it into the notebooks has been really helpful for me uh, just to, again, just keep keep it down and, and be able to, to write it out. Um, what I like about GoodNotes as well is that I can create my own sort of templates, right? So if there's a particular... Uh, list or a way I like things to be organized, and I tend to follow that sort of organization. I can float that into there, and then write within the boxes. You know, the things that I've designated. I've actually built one specifically for a sales conversation because typically when I'm on a sales call, I'm usually having to write. It just helps me to connect more of what's happening to actually listen and write it down. So. I sort of made this like diagram that just gives me space to write, but following along the process that's needed. So it's actually more of my guide. And then after I'm done, you know, it's exported and put into that folder to reference later. So that, that's been really interesting too, just to, again, just to have that format to, to write. One other app that I'm super into right now is Spark Mail.
0: Really? I've heard a lot yeah. of people talk about that. It's supposedly really fast.
2: Oh, my gosh. It's great because all of my email addresses that I have to check are all in, in one. And it actually uh, is you can put on a f- mode called the smart inbox. So when I turn that on, literally uh, through all of my different email inboxes that I have, it'll collect all the newsletters. It'll collect all of the you know notifications and then anything that is coming from somebody who directly sent you an email that's put in its own category. And I don't have to do anything to change that that look, it just does it really well on its own. And so let's say I get like five or five or six emails that are newsletters that I really am not gonna check or I need to probably unsubscribe from. But I can literally hit the delete button and it deletes it all from all of the inboxes. God like it. it's very interesting. And then it's an easy toggle as well to go look into my calendar and it syncs with my calendar too. Oh, so wow. Yeah, it's 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 great. I just have to open up that one app and I'm able to access that versus previously I would have, have, you know, three or four tabs open just for calendar, you know, different inboxes, but with this, it's just one app and everything is organized in there. So it's really good. I that's been my lifesaver, I think, this year was Spark Mail and getting that going.
0: That's super cool. I'll have to check that one out. Uh Tim, any final thoughts?
2: Um
1: uh, I guess my main thought is that I really enjoyed being host because I felt like, you know, I had power over you throughout <laughs> this entire process. And that's one of my, you know, <laughs> big goals in life is to have power over Jeff. So um, I guess, yeah, that's all I got. But I,
0: uh, yield, I yield the floor, my man. I yield
1: yeah, it. Absolutely.
0: <laughs>
1: awesome. Um,
0: um, cool. Well, uh, thank you uh, both for uh, coming to the heroic council once again I'm glad to have been in the featured guest chair and not the host chair because it's really nice to once in a while give Tim the power and uh, Parthel, soon enough you will have power over both of us uh, when you comes. yeah it's so exciting right um, well this has been another episode of the heroic council and uh, if you tune in next week uh, I'm not going to do the voice but tune in next week Uh, Where we will actually be talking about Tim, you're going to be in the hot seat. I'm not sure who's going to be hosting. It's either me or Sarah because Arshel, you're traveling, right?
1: Wait, I'm in the hot seat next week. Yeah,
0: you're in the hot seat next week, and we're going to be talking about um, uh, what is the actual title of it? It's like better ways, better onboarding for creatives. Yeah. Basically, the concept is, from what I understand, you're going to be talking about kind of as you're working with clients, what are the ways that you onboard them, and what are ways that that clients can better work with creative vendors so that they're able to smooth out the process, bring speed, bring, uh, clarity and, um, you know, specificity and those sorts of things. So the project moves smoother. Um, so you're going to be in the hot seat for that. And, uh, one of us, Sarah, I will be in the, uh, the host chair.
1: Okay. Uh, guys, thank you for joining us again. Uh, this has been the Heroic Council, uh, starring Jeff Kibert, and, uh, we'll see you next week.